the lighthouse on the hillside that overlooks life's sea. And when I'm tossed, it sends out a light that I might see. And the light that shines in darkness now will safely lead me o'er. If it wasn't for the lighthouse, my ship would sail no more. And I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to him. For Jesus is the lighthouse. And from the rocks of sin, he has shown his light all around me that I could clearly see. If it wasn't for the lighthouse, where would this ship be? Everybody who lives around me says, tear that old lighthouse down. The big ships don't sail this way anymore. There's just no use in it standing round. But then my mind goes back to that stormy night when just in time I saw the light. It was a light from that old lighthouse that stands on Calvary's hill. And I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to him. For Jesus is the lighthouse. And from the rocks of sin, he has shown his light all around me that I could clearly see. If it wasn't for the lighthouse, where would this ship be? And I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to him. If it wasn't for the lighthouse, where would this ship be? Walking in darkness, sad and alone, searching for a love that was real. Then I heard about Jesus, and he saved my soul. Now I want to say how I feel. I'm saved like a drowning man pulled from the sea. I'm saved like a prisoner from captivity. I'm saved like an outcast with a new family. I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. I am saved by the blood of the Lamb. Now I'm a child who's an heir to God's throne with a father who owns everything. My sin debt was settled and heaven's my home. Redeemed, my soul now can sing. 
I'm saved like a drowning man pulled from the sea. I'm saved like a prisoner from captivity. I'm saved like an outcast with a new family. I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. I am saved by the blood of the Lamb. I'm saved to the uttermost, I know that I am. Washed in the blood of the precious Lamb Through the Father, through the Son, through the Holy Ghost I'm saved to the uttermost I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb Yes, I am I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb If you got your Bible, turn with me to Job chapter number 13, if you will. Job chapter 13. If you don't got it, just listen along. Job chapter 13. Great passage over here. Job chapter 13. That's good singing. Job chapter 13. We had some special things planned for the freshmen this year, but... Bianca came up with some extra stuff. I don't, I mean, <laughs> she's crazy. Did y'all know that? But in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> They're all laughing because they know it. And the freshmen aren't laughing. Job 13. <laughs> oh, no. Job chapter 13. Job chapter 13 and verse number 1. The Bible says this. And let me just say this before I even get into this. Job's one of the greatest books in Scripture. We've been studying it in Sunday school. And Job is such a great book because it answers the age-old question, why do the righteous suffer? Job was going through it. I'm talking about Job lost all ten kids and one day had to bury them. Job lost his health. He lost his wealth. He lost everything he had. Then his own wife turned to him and said, why don't you just curse God and kill yourself? I mean, man, that's no support anywhere. And, and really, it's kind of hard to put it all on her because she just buried ten kids too. And here she is saying that. And man, that was rough. No doubt about it. But here's Job and his three friends show up. And Job's lost his health and he's in agony and pain. And he's skin and bones, he said, because, because he, I mean, it's just terrible what he's gone through. It's a terrible situation. And here's Job and, he, and, and his friends show up and they're kicking him while he's down. They're saying, well, if you was right with God, this wouldn't be happening. And, you know, good friends for you right there. Man, they're telling him all these things and it's not true because when we read the book of Job, we find out he actually got hurt because he was doing right. It's just the opposite. The Bible tells you what happened. But it says in verse 1, he says, Lo, mine eye has seen all this. Mine ear hath heard and understood it. What ye know, the same I do know also. I'm not inferior to you. That's a pretty good job. said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not less than you. You're not better than me. Surely I would speak to the Almighty and desire to reason with God. But ye are forgers of lies. He said, you're making up lies about me. You are all physicians of no value, like a physician that can't heal nobody. You're no help. Oh, that ye would all together hold your peace, and it should be your wisdom. You say, what's that mean? Just shut up. <laughs> hold your peace. Close your mouth. So you're not supposed to, I know you're not supposed to say that, but anyway, I'll do it in Hebrew for you. Check it new. I mean, we asked our, when we was in Israel, we said, what's, how do you say that in Hebrew? He said, check it new. So we was telling everybody, check it new the whole time. Verse 6, hear now my reasoning and hearken to the pleadings of my lips. 
Will you speak wickedly for God and talk deceitfully for Him? Will you accept His person? Will you contend for God? Is it good that He should search you out or as one mocketh another? Do you so mock Him? Are you, are you mocking God like you're mocking me? He will surely reprove you if you do secretly accept persons. Shall not His excellency make you afraid and His dread fall upon you? Your remembrances are like unto ashes, your bodies to bodies of clay. He said, that's what you are anyway. You're just going back to dust. He's reminding them that he's as good as they are, and he's reminding them that they're wrong in what they're saying about him. He said, hold your peace. Let me alone that I may speak, and let come on me what will. Wherefore do I take my flesh and my teeth and put my life in mine hand? Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation, for an hypocrite shall not come before him. Hear diligently my speech and my declaration with your ears. Behold now, I have ordered my cause. I know that I shall be justified. Who is he that will plead with me? For now, if I hold my tongue, I shall give up the ghost. If I I don't speak, he said, I'm just going to die. He said, the Spirit's going to leave me, and that'll be the end of it. But I want you to notice in verse 15, he said this, Though he slay me... Yet will I trust in him. What a thing to say. This guy just buried 10 kids in one day. And then he was the wealthiest man in the world. He made Elon Musk look like a servant. I mean, I'm I'm talking about, I mean, he owned the power plant. He could charge all the cars. (laughs) This guy had it going on. And there he is, and he lost his health. He was a healthy guy, and he's got boils from the crown of his head to the bottom of his feet. He can't even sit down. Worms are eating on him. He says, it's awful what he's going through. And he says, even amidst all this, no matter what I'm going through, though he slay me, if God kills me, he says, yet will I trust him. That takes a lot right there to say that. He said, no matter what God does to me, I still trust him. And I'll say this morning, I'd like to say that. I think we can trust God, don't you? And sometimes things don't go like we want them to go. Sometimes things are difficult and they're hard and they're not easy. But I want you to know this. I'll say this, I'm going to testify myself. No matter what, I still trust Him. No matter what I go through, no matter what our country does, no matter what the world's doing, no matter what politics, I don't even care about that stuff, but no matter what's happening around us, I still trust God. I know this much, God still knows what He's doing. I wonder about a lot of other people, but I'm not wondering about him. He knows exactly what he's doing. You can trust him. I mean, he's put his hand against Job, and and there's no doubt about it. It's evident that God has put his hand against Job, and he did it because he was testing to show the devil that he's his best servant. And man, that's something else. And still, God allowed it to happen. And he put his hand against Job, and Job said, Even though he's punishing me worse than anybody in the world's ever been punished, I still trust him. I still trust him. And if he wants to go ahead and finish me off and kill me, I'll still trust him. And this morning, I just want to preach this little simple message. I don't got much to say about it, just three things. And the message is this. No matter what, I'm trusting God. No matter what happens, I'm trusting God. Let's pray. Lord, we're glad to be here. Thank you for watching over us. We're just so thankful for each person that's here. Thankful for how you're blessing our church and continue to bless it. And Lord, I pray this morning that you might move. And and Lord, I pray that this message might help somebody. This isn't a message to hurt anybody. I want to help somebody. And Lord, there might be somebody going through it. And there's people in every section right now that's going through it. And Lord, I pray it would be an encouragement to them. Help us this morning, Lord. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for sending your son to die for us at Calvary. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Now, you might ask this, well, what in the world are you going to trust him with? Well, I'll say the first thing. He said in verse 14, he said, Wherefore do I take my flesh and my teeth, and look at this, and put my life in mine hand? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I'd like to say this morning, I'm going to trust him with my life. I trust him with my life. You read about military people and they go into battle and they always have each other's back and that's the way it's supposed to be. They're there to help each other and they know that they can count on them. They call each other brothers. I mean, they may not even be from the same area, but they call each other brothers because they are. They're brothers through fires and trials is what they're brothers through. And man, they go through it. They know they've got each other's back. And it's a big deal. And what they're saying is, you know what? I would go to war with this guy or this lady or whatever. I'm going to go to war with them because I know they've got my back. Well, let me tell you something. We've got somebody we can trust just like that, but even better. And it's the Lord. I can trust Him with my life. And be honest with you, as far as my life is concerned, I don't do a very good job with it. But I'm thankful that if I give it to Him, He does a great job with it. God knows what to do anytime. I started out, I wanted to be a businessman. My dad had a business. I said, I'm going to be a businessman. And I still like business type stuff. I just don't do it anymore. And anyway, I have people all the time, they'll say, why don't you start this business? Or do that? I said, I don't want to start a business. I'm a preacher. Brother Philip and I, we was with the guy the other day. He's talking about that. He said, you could probably make a lot of money if you go into business. I said, I might could, but I said, that's not what God called me to do. I don't want to make a lot of money. I want to be a preacher. God called me to be a preacher. And that's what I need to do. That's what God's called me to do. He said, well, that doesn't sound very good. It may not sound good to you, but that's what God wants me to do. And I know this much. He knows better than I do for my life. I remember when I was in high school, I got thinking about it. I said, I want to be a businessman. If I'm not a businessman, I think it'd be kind of cool to be a secret service agent. I mean, I'm going to do something extreme if I'm going to do it. I don't know how cool it sounds right now, but anyway, it would have been, I'm getting old, you know. But anyway, and I thought, that'd be kind of neat. Then I, then I thought, you know what, I wouldn't mind being an attorney. I'd like to argue in court a little bit. I could do that, I think. And then, I mean, my, my, my dad, his brother, his daughter, that I grew up with, was the same age, she's an attorney. And she's a big attorney in Little Rock, and her daughter's attorney, all these attorneys, you know. And anyway, and uh, we was talking the other day. But you know what? I'm glad I'm not an attorney. I took an aptitude test in high school. How many of you ever did that? And it tells you what you're supposed to be. And it said on there, it come back, and I thought, well, I'm going to be a businessman. I'm gonna do and I had all that already in my mind. And it come back, and it said, you really would be suited for a mortician or a minister. I said, what? <laughs> I said, you're out of your mind. <laughs> Over my dead body, I'm going to be a mortician. <laughs> Uh-uh, I don't even touch dead things. I mean, unless I'm eating them. <laughs> they got to be cooked first, praise the Lord. But I was like, no! I had nothing. And I thought, what in the world? What in the world? But you know, that's how it happens sometimes. I thought, I ain't doing that. You can forget it. But anyway, that's how things happen. And I remember the military, they like to drove me crazy. They wanted me in the military. I took that test. I mean, they, I don't know. I don't even know what I made on it, but it's been pretty good because they, they wouldn't let me alone, you know. But I said, that's not what I'm supposed to do either. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be a preacher. I found that out. And you say, well, that's kind of crazy. People thought I was crazy when I gave my life to the Lord in ministry. I had people call my dad and they said, what in the world is he doing? He needs to be working for you and making money. He said, he's doing what God wants him to do. That's what he's doing. He said, I wouldn't change it for a minute. I want him to do what God wants him to do. And let me say this morning, I trust the Lord with my life. And for 20-something years, I've been at this church and I've seen God do something. And there's no doubt the hand of God is in what's going on right here. You say, what is it? We couldn't have designed this better ourselves. God put you here and he put me here and he's got us here for a reason. We can trust God with our life. Everything about it. Everybody tries to do it their own way. 
What Job is saying, live or die, I'm trusting him. He knows best. Live or die. That's amazing, isn't it? Brother Kyle Guyman was a great preacher. And Kyle Guyman grew up in this church. And anyway, he's passed away now. But I'll never forget, he was a nuclear cosmochemist. PhD in nuclear cosmochemistry. He was a rocket scientist. Come right out through Walnut Ridge, Arkansas. And there he was, and his parents went to church here. Man, just a good old guy. He left out of here. He went and worked for NASA for a while. He went over and worked for the Department of Defense and worked in Area 51. He was telling me about drones 20 years ago. He said, man, I was out picking up rocks. And he said, in, in the early 90s, I was picking up rocks. And he said, this thing come up behind me. And I turned, he said, I could just feel something watching me. And he said, there it was. And he said, when I turned to look at it, it was gone as quick as it came. Gone. I know what it was now. It was a drone. Nobody even knew what, they had that so long. They got so much stuff we don't even know about. But anyway, I remember Brother Kyle, he was in the hospital. He was sick. And there he was at 46 years of age. He'd had all these problems. And, and, he, and he pulled that mask off when Dr. Stevenson, the surgeon at St. Bernard's, who's still over there, came to him. And, and he said, I don't, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think you're going to be able to make it. I don't know if we can help you or not. And he said, live or die, God gets the glory. I'll never forget that. I was standing right there when he said it. I remember he'd been in Africa and he started an orphanage and he started churches over there. And he came back the last time. He brought government agents from uh, Uganda over here. He brought the president's brother-in-law. He brought the Department of Defense. They were right here in our church. He took them to Congress and he, he got money and aid to help them. And I mean, it was a big deal. And he came back the last time. I was sitting there at his house, his parents' house in a vehicle with him. He said, I need to talk to you. He said, I don't know why, but God told me I'm not going back over there. He said, I don't know what he's got for me. He said, maybe since I helped them up there in, in, in Washington, maybe I could help people like that. Maybe I could go into that. I don't, I said, I don't, he said, this is the first time in my life. I don't know what God has for me. It wasn't a few weeks later he was gone. I'm telling you, that's something right there. But he said, I know this much. I'm serving him. And I'm telling you this morning, it pays to serve God. It pays to serve. You can trust him. You can trust him with your life. Just go ahead and give it to him. That's what people ought to do. So I don't know what I'm going to do in my major. That's one of the hardest things. You know what they do? They start these kids out and they're in middle school. They say, you better figure out what you're going to be when you grow up. They got time. Don't be pushing it. My goodness. If you don't hurry up, you got to know. Man, there's kids go to college for 10 years and don't know what they're going to be. You know <laughs> I mean, that's how we are sometimes, all of us. But the thing is, you just wait on God on that. You wait on the Lord. And if you don't know what you're going to do, don't just do something just for the sake of doing it. Try to get the right thing in the line. Wait on the Lord and pray about it. He'll help you out. You can trust Him. You can trust Him when you can't trust anybody else. And I'll say this, a lost person, what they do is they take their life into their own hands. What you need to do is take your life out of your hands and give it to God. And the bad thing is a lot of Christians, saved people, start acting like lost people. And saved people start saying, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to marry who I want to marry. You don't just marry just anybody. You wait on God on that. You get the right person, and it works out right when you do. I waited a long time. I waited until I got the right one. And I saw my wife over there at church camp one day. I said, wow, where'd she come from? And I mean, I had to talk to her for a long time to get her even notice me there, you know. But I, well, thank God I can talk good. I couldn't do nothing else good. <laughs> Wasn't good looking. But anyway, I mean, I got talking to her, and next thing you know, the Lord worked that out. I'm glad I waited. I could have just hurried up and got married and found me somebody, just married somebody. I said, man, I want to get married and get started in life. But you know what? I got married to the right person. 
We go to the same kind of church. We've got kids. We've got the same goal in mind when we raise our kids. I mean, we're, we're both together in what we're doing. That's the way it's supposed to be. You've got to wait on God's what you got. Don't you get ahead of God. You'll suffer the rest of your life. Kind of like that old guy that got up and testified. He said, preacher, can I say something? He said, sure. He said, you know, he said, my first wife, he said, we got married when we was 18. We was high school sweethearts. He said, when we turned 40, he said, the Lord took her. He said, then at 45, he said, I remarried the second time. And he said, I hate it. I said, I really love my wife. And he said, when we were in our, about 60, he said, the Lord took her. It's awful. He said, now here I am. I've been married the third time. And he said, I told the Lord he'd take her anytime he got ready. <laughs> That's bad. Hey, you don't want it to be that way. You want to get the right person, and it works out. That's just how you want to get the right person. You wait on God. Get the right occupation. Get the right location. He'll put you where you need to be. He'll make your decisions for you. You say, what can you do? I'm telling you, no matter what, I'm trusting him. He's not failed me yet. He won't fail me any other time. I'll say the second thing. Look at verse 16. I don't have long, much to hear to say. Verse 16. He also shall be my salvation. Well, that's pretty plain. I'm trusting him with my soul then. I'm just going to trust him with my soul. I just made up my mind a long time ago. You know, there's a lot of people that sit there and they worry about, well, I, I don't know if I'm saved or I'm not saved. Well, let me ask you, have you ever trusted the Lord Jesus Christ and received him as your Savior? If you have, you're saved. That's how you get saved. You don't get saved by doing a whole bunch of other stuff. You've got to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, what happens is people say, well, what about now? What I do? I don't know if I messed up. I don't know what's going on in my I don't know. I mean, man, people worry about it, and the devil wants you to worry about it. He doesn't want you to be happy being saved. He wants you to be worried about it all the time. That's how the devil is. He works like that. And, it, and you turn on the news, you say, oh, boy, we're going to go to war with Russia. Oh, no, now look what they've done. I don't even own an electric car. I've got to get an electric car. What do you mean they can't charge them all? We've still got to have them? I mean, I, mean, what, I mean, every time you turn on, the stock market's down again, the interest is up. Oh, my goodness, the Mississippi River is going to go dry. <laughs> Man, we've got a problem in America, don't we? It's big problems is what it is. And you get looking at that, and you get scared to death, and you start thinking, what am I going to do? Man, I hope I'm all right with the Lord. It's probably getting close for time to him to come again. I mean, he said this stuff would start happening. And man, look. Look at it. It's happening just like he said it would. Let me tell you something. No matter what, you've got to trust him's what you've got to do. Turn to the Lord. You don't need Democrats and Republicans telling you what to do. You need God telling you what to do. You need to go to him. Trust him with your soul. I always say this. People say, well, I, you know, I did all that, what the Bible says to be saved, and, and I just don't know. Well, here's what I always tell people. Take the ball and put it right back in his court. If he told you what to do to be saved and you've done it, what else can you do? Put the ball in his court. If, he, if, that, if you didn't do what you were supposed to do, he can throw the ball back. Say, Lord, I've done everything that you've asked me to do. Here's the ball. I'm just trusting you. It's yours. And if you don't think I've done what I'm supposed to do, you let me know. But unless you let me know, I'm just going to keep on living and loving and having a good time. That's what I'm going to do. You're not going to sit around and worry all the time. Man, what we need is we need to thank God that we've got salvation. We need people that will trust Him with their soul. You know what Job said later in the book of Job? You get over in chapter 19, he said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. He said, I know that my... Man, there's some things you ought to know in life. One thing is, my God's not dead. He's alive. You say, how do you know? I talked to Him this morning. That's how I know. Man, we ought to be glad we've got a living God. 
and the trials and troubles of this world and everything's changing. I've got one thing that doesn't change. It's the Lord. He said, I'm the Lord thy God and I change not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm glad He's not changing. I'm glad He stayed consistent even when I don't. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Somebody told me a while back, they said that verse has 25 words in it. One of the most famous verses in the entire Bible. It does. The first 12 words are written to lost people. The last 12 words are written to saved people. There's one word right in the middle, and it's son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. That's 12 words. Then son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's 12 words. The first half of that verse is written to lost people. For God so loved the world, they were lost. He came because he loved the world, that he gave his only begotten. The second half of that's written to save people. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know what the difference is if you're lost this morning and me? The sun. If you'll come through the sun, you can get to the other side. That's what you need. You need the sun. Quit letting people tell you you need the church or you need another Duncan of Baptistry. That's not what you need. What you need is the Son of God. And He's got a name. And His name is Jesus. And it's the greatest name there's ever been. Oh, how I love Jesus. Let me tell you this morning, I don't know everything, but I know one thing. I'm trusting Him with my soul. And if He can't get me to heaven, I don't get to go. But I know He can He's never failed before. He won't fail this time. Did you know heaven's real? Won't that be something? I'm excited about that part of it. Heaven's a real place. Something to look forward to. I was down there in Texas preaching last year. We went in that restaurant and it was a fancy steakhouse they took us in. And in Texas, it's country music all the time. And it came over the intercom. It goes, if heaven ain't a lot like Dixie, I don't want to go. And I thought, that's a good sermon right there. If heaven ain't a lot like Dixie, I still want to go. Amen. <laughs> that's how I looked at it. I thought, what a terrible song. Man, I mean, I like Hank all right and all. Before I was right with God, I liked him anyway. But I'm just saying, but man, uh-uh. If heaven ain't a lot like Dixie, I still want to go. Looking forward to it. What an exciting thing that is. Man, I'm thankful that heaven's real. And I can look forward to it. You know what you say you're trusting the Lord with? I'm trusting Him with my soul. That's what I'm trusting Him with. What are you trusting Him with? Would you trust Him that much? That you'd give Him your soul? That you would say, here Lord, here am I. I want to go to heaven. I'm trusting you. He died for you. He was buried and He rose again. He'll save you if you'll let Him. Let me say this one. One last thing. Verse 18. He says, Behold, now I have ordered my cause. I know that I shall be justified. He said, I've ordered my calls. I want to say I'm trusting the Lord with my life. I'm trusting Him with my soul. And I'm trusting Him with my calls. With my cause. Here's Job and what he's wanting today in court. He says, I don't really know what Brother Derek's preaching this morning because I hadn't read this book yet because I'm living it. <laughs> the book of Job's not written when he's talking this. He said, I'd just like to know why I'm having to go through what I'm going through. He said, I just wish God would talk to me. And if he just talked to me, maybe we could hash this out and I could see what I've done to go through what I'm... He said, I thought I was doing right. He was doing right. And here he is. He said, I'd just like to have a day in court. That's a cause is what it is. But I'll say this. Christian, we still have a cause too. I read a great story and I bet you've all heard it. Matter of fact, if you've never heard this story, um, I'd be shocked. It's about David and Goliath. 
And David goes and, man, his brother's in the military and Goliath's coming before Israel. We've stood in that valley of Elah where that was. And man, there was a mountain on one side, a mountain on the other, just like the Bible says. There was a brook there. You could pick up, David picked up five smooth stones. If you know that story, man, we got in that brook where he's gathering stones. Still, it's just like the Bible says. It's amazing. And anyway, we was reading about that and David went and his daddy said, I want you to go check on your older brothers and see how the war is going. Man, he showed up and there was a giant in the place. Nine feet, nine inches tall. I mean, he almost hit his, if he was wearing boots, he'd hit his head on a basketball goal rim. That's a big man. Brother Schuyler's right here. He's just six feet 12. He's not very tall. Or seven feet, however you want to say it. But I always say, man, you got to get creative because if you go somewhere with him, I'll say, why does everybody keep staring at me? I, th- I think they're really looking at him, you know. <laughs> man, well, we just joke around. But every time I've ever been with him for the last 10 years, somebody will say, Excuse me, sir, how tall are you? If he had a dollar for every time that's been asked, we'd be borrowing money from him today. I promise you. I'm talking about he would never have to work again and draw an interest on it. Could you imagine? Oh, he said, don't say seven feet. Say six feet 12. Make him think about it at least, you know. Say something crazy. And he does come up with good stuff. But anyway, there's Goliath. Goliath's almost three feet taller than him. You understand, Brother Schuyler's less than a foot taller than me. I look short next to him because I am short compared to him. I'm about 6'1 and a half, something like that, 6'1 and three quarters barefooted and 6'1 something. When there he is, seven feet barefooted, that's almost a foot. This guy's three feet taller than him, like three times. You know that one foot? There's three right there. And David comes up, and he's just a young man. And he says, what's going on here? About that time, Goliath steps out, and he says, give me a man. Is there not a man among you? Man, they're scared to death. And I don't blame them. I've been scared too. He was a champion, the Bible says. The only time the word champion is mentioned in your Bible is about Goliath. And there he is. He's got that sword and he's a champion. And man, they're scared. Nobody will fight and everything else. And David finally said, is there not a cause? Man, he's disrespecting our country. He's disrespecting our God and making fun of... Is there not a cause? Won't somebody do something? Well, let me just say, I'm trusting God with the cause. There's still a call. As long as you're in this world, there's going to be a cause. You can mark it down. There's a cause to keep living right. We got a call. If the whole world stops living right, man, they're not doing right. I can tell you that right now. If they're not going to do right, we ought to do right. We still, there's a cause for people that will do right. There's a cause for people to raise their kids right. There's a cause for people to act right, talk right, spit right, all of it. Man, there's still a cause. We need some people with that cause. There's a cause for people to witness. I mean, we need to be telling other people about the Lord. We need to be witnessing. There's a cause to be preaching. And I don't just mean just me. We ought to be giving the good news to people. But man, we still need preachers today. The average preacher, and I don't say this, and and man, there's great preachers around America. There's no doubt about it. But I'm telling you right now, the average preacher now, from when I started, they don't even give the gospel anymore. Man, we've still got a cause to give the gospel. I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying, but we've got a cause. We've got a mandate. There's people that need to be saved. Is there not a cause? There's still a cause. You know what I read? Y'all may have seen this. There's a study that just came out, and they said their study concluded by 2070, Christians will be in the minority in America. Isn't that something? They'll be in the minority in America. I thought, wow. More than likely, I won't be alive in 2070. If I am, I'll be an old man. I'll be older than anybody in this building. <laughs> be up there. 
But I know this much. If I am, wouldn't that be bad? But did you know we could change that? If the Lord doesn't come back or whatever. What if all the Christians got serious and said, you know what? That's not good. We need to share our faith with other people. This world needs more Christians. That's what they need. And man, if we started doing that, what a difference we might make. Do you know there's still a cause for staying in church? I couldn't imagine quitting church in the day and time we're living in. Can you imagine that? What's gotten into people? It's craziness. So there's too many hypocrites down there at the church. Man, I was at the ball game Friday night. And if there's anybody, the hypocrites bothered them, they shouldn't have been there. You say, well, there's good people there, but man, we were packed in like sardines. There's a lot of people here this morning. We, we have a good crowd almost every Sunday. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of people. You should have seen that Razorback game last night, the 80,000 people there just sitting there watching while they're getting beat. <laughs> but man, that's all. Don't tell me there's too many hypocrites at church if you go to all those places. And I'm for going to those places. I like it. I'm just saying. People are funny, aren't they? You know what we need? We need we've got a cause. You say, what are you doing? I'm trusting God with my cause. I'm trusting Him. Cromwell said this. A guy said, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can turn to the Lord or not. I just got to figure it out and all this kind of stuff. He said, let me ask you something. He said, did God rule the world before you was born? He goes, well, yeah. He said, do you think God's going to rule the world after you're gone? He said, well, yeah. He said, well, how about trusting Him while you're here then? You know, we need some people that trust you, trust the Lord while you're here. Just go ahead. He's going to rule it anyway. Won't you trust Him with it? One time a boy got singing a song. We sang that song, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way. Well, they, they, he said, Mama, we sang a new song in Sunday school. She said, what is it? He said, trust and okay. He meant to say trust and obey. But the truth is, if you trust, it will be okay. It will be okay. I heard another time where this man was hanging on a cliff. This didn't really happen, obviously, but he's hanging by a cliff. And, man, he got scared and... He got to begging God, oh, God, please help me. I can't hold on much longer. Oh, God, help me. God, please. About that time, the Lord appeared to him. <sighs> oh, Lord, I'm so glad you're here. And the Lord said, do you trust me? He said, of course I trust you. He said, all right, let go then. You know what some of you need to do this morning? You just need to let go. That's hard to do. I mean, you're right there on a cliff, and the Lord says, let go. If you really trust me, trust me. I'll grab you. You know what we need to do? We need to let go. Some of you has not let go. Why don't you just let go and say, Lord, I've been trying to navigate through life. I've been trying to run this thing, and it's not worked out like I want it to be. I'm just going to let go, take the wheel. You're in charge. I'm sorry. You handle it. Lord, it's yours. It's yours. I'm going to trust you. Let me ask you, do you trust him? You say, sure, I trust him. Well, let me ask you this. Do you trust him with your life? Would you be willing to pray about who he's going to marry? Pray about what job you're going to do? Pray about where you're going to live? Do you trust him with your soul? Have you ever received the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, I'm a pretty good person. Yeah, everybody says that, but good people die and go to hell, friend. You need to be saved. He wouldn't have come and died if we were so good. He's the only perfect person. We're not perfect. We don't even claim to be. But boy, we've got a perfect God. Let me ask you this. Do you trust him with your cause? I hope that you do. I hope so. Let's stand together. We'll end right there. We ought to trust Him with our calls. Now, this is decision time. If you're here and you don't know Christ, your Savior, now's the time to be saved. It don't matter that you go to church. It don't matter if you go to a Christian school or Christian university. If you've never received Christ, your Savior, you're not saved. Everybody needs to be saved. How about you this morning? Have you trusted the Lord as your Savior?